Hey, we're talking about kingdom prosperity still. Amen. Kingdom prosperity. Uh, we are wrapping up kind of really the foundation of this particular teaching this week. Next week, we're going to have a VBS blast off service, right? We're celebrating our week of VBS. And so, so uh, next week, we're going to have kind of a VBS takeover. So, so when, you, when you show up, just get, get ready to be a big kid. Isn't that fun? That, that we can show up, we can be a big kid, and we get to celebrate with our children's group uh, uh, for VBS. Uh, so, so after that, we kick into uh, more teaching on the Kingdom Prosperity message, but, but we get to go in a, a slightly different direction. This, this has all been foundation for uh, the last several weeks. So let's just kind of review real quick. When I say prosperity, I'm not talking about dollars and money, okay? Prosperity doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the U.S. Do- dollar or any other form of currency. It, it can involve it, uh, but you, like, like the example we've been saying for weeks now is pizza is not pepperoni. Pepperoni can be a part of pizza, but, but there's lots of other things that can go into pizza to make it wonderful as well. Same thing with money. Money is not prosperity. It can be part of prosperity, but there's a whole lot more to prospering than just money. Some of the most prosperous people you can meet on the planet don't have hardly any, any currency at all. Yet they prosper and they flourish. They flourish and they succeed. And, and that's what God calls you to in his kingdom is the ability to flourish and to succeed. You can flourish in your relationships. You can flourish and succeed with peace. You can have all the money in the world and not have any peace. You can flourish and succeed with joy. That's a third of the kingdom of God right there. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is uh, uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So righteousness, you can flourish and succeed in righteousness, rightedness, doing the right things. Uh, All these things, you can flourish in wisdom. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. You can flourish in wisdom. So so that's prosperity. That's the definition of prosperity. Uh, Can you flourish financially? Absolutely. That can be part of it. But, but it's only a sliver of it. There's, there's so much more to prosperity than that. Uh, rich. So when we talk about being rich, it's not necessarily talking about you're going to have a huge bank account. Praise God if you do. Uh, God's put you in a position to, to, to be an incredible giver within the kingdom of God. Rich means abundant, plentiful. So if you say, hey, River, River Legacy Trails is rich in wildlife. We're not saying that the bobcats out there are like making it rain, right? <laughs> They're not like... You know, they don't have bling on. Uh, it just means that there's uh, plentiful and, and abundant, okay? So you can be rich in love. You can be rich in uh, giving, rich in friendship, rich in uh, uh, marital bliss. Woo, wouldn't that be something? Amen? Hey, I'm all about that, right? God's called us to holy matrimony. Uh, kingdom prosperity. So, so when I talk about kingdom prosperity, this is the definition. And again, this, these are points that we've been hammering uh, for the last, this will be four weeks now. Kingdom prosperity is this. It's not, hey, send me a thousand dollars and God's going to bless you. Or send me a hundred dollars, God's going to heal you. It has nothing to do with any of that. Kingdom prosperity is the ability to use God's power, which you are full of because you're full of the Holy Spirit, right? And you have his word, So the ability to use that power that you've been endued with to meet the needs of mankind in every facet of life. So whatever need crops up today, 
you have the ability to overcome that need, to function fine in that need because of God's power in you. Say, well, does it have to do with money? If the need is money, he will provide it. If the need is peace, he will provide it. If the need is joy, he will provide it. If the need is being able to navigate a relationship between you and someone else, he'll provide the path. He'll show you the path. That's prosperity. Prosperity, really, we sung about it in that last song, that brand new song that that Ryan's teaching us. If I could have anything, it'd be you. That's prosperity. That's eternal life. Jesus said this, eternal life, eternal life's not the sweet by and by and you're floating around with angel wings playing a harp on a cloud. That's not eternal life. Eternal life, the Bible says, this is life eternal to know God, the Father, and to know Christ, Jesus Christ, his son, whom he sent. That word know is an intimate word biblically. Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. So it, it talks about intimacy, to, to have intimacy with God. That's prosperity. Because if, because if you step in and submit to God, you've got everything. Is there any lack in God? No, he lacks nothing. So that means that you lack nothing. If you live in a big house, small house. If you live in a tent, it doesn't matter. If you have intimacy with God, some of the most prosperous people actually are folks that are in jail cells right now because they've actually, there are men and women all over this nation who are incarcerated, who have made true commitments to the Lord and submitted to him. And while they're having to serve out time and serve out uh, time for their crime, they're actually sitting in prosperous peace and more at peace than some of us who are living out here in the free world. That's prosperity. Amen? Amen. So, real quick, uh, is this the right sermon, Sophie? Did you guys get pulled up? The right graphics? This looks like it may be last week's. That's all right. All right. I'll, hey, I, I can talk all day long. <laughs> all right. So, real quick, real quick, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a review. I've got a graphic that uh, will pop up here shortly. Uh, so if you'll remember, uh, just, just to kind of review everything real quick, we've got, uh, we have, uh, uh, the blessing we, we talked about, first of all, God wants us to prosper. That's his desire. That's his will is for you to prosper. Next. We talked about living in the fullness of the blessing, the blessing, not just, Oh, God has a blessing for you. No, he has the blessing for you and the, the blessing to understand it. You got to go all the way back to Genesis chapter one, verse 28. You remember what the blessing is. Those of you who are here the, the last several weeks, the blessing that he is allows us to walk in. It's the very first thing he uttered to humanity. The very first thing that he uttered to, uh, to, to, humans was this to Adam and Eve is in Genesis one chapter 28. He, it says he spoke a blessing and the blessing was this be fruitful, multiply, be fruitful, multiply. And there, then there's three, there's, there's three things for the earth. And those three things are this replenish, subdue, have dominion, right? So, so be fruitful. That's, that's, a, that's a good old biblical way of saying uh, 
prosper. Think about that. The very first thing, the very first thing that God spoke to Adam and Eve was this. Prosper. Be fruitful. And yet somewhere along the line, we've gotten this, you know, Christianity by and large. Yes, that's it right there. Ah, there we go. Hey, give it up for our wonderful tech crew. Give it up for my beautiful daughter who's running graphics over there. (laughs) She's like, ah, I'm always having to deal with dad. So here we are. Here's the blessing. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. The very first thing God spoke to humanity was this. Be fruitful. Prosper. Somewhere along the line, we, we got this concept that in order to follow Christ, you've got to take a, a vow of, of uh, poverty and whatnot. No, there's not. We're, we're going to talk about that. It doesn't, doesn't mean that everyone's going to be multimillionaires. It doesn't mean that you're going to have Rolls Royces and Maseratis and all that stuff. Hey, if, if you can afford all that, praise God, whatever. I mean, people spend their money however they want. But, but there are incredible uh, uh, financial principles in the Bible that we'll, we'll get to in a few weeks. But, but this was the, the blessing, right? The blessing. Uh, we know the story. Adam and Eve fell. They, they it brought the curse on them. So God chose Abram. If you remember, we talked about this last week and made a covenant or a contract to establish the blessing. Everything about the covenant that God made to Abraham had to do with the blessing. And we found that in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17. Okay. Everyone remember that last week? We did a lot of reading and you guys hung with me. I was proud of you. Now in the New Testament, there's multiple uh, locations that, that teach us that we are grafted into that contract because of our faith in Christ. Here are two of them. Romans 11, 17, 18, Galatians 3, 14. Okay. Now I put that up there just for a quick review. Uh, so if you want to take a picture of that or, or whatnot, uh, uh, I can even uh, export this and stick it out in Slack for this week when, when I put my notes out there. But, but so we have a, the blessing and then God established a contract or a covenant to reflect the blessing, right? So because he has established that contract, now we are to establish our hearts. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the established contract, established hearts, because he has established his contract with, which is his word. It's the, the old covenant and the new covenant or the old Testament and the new Testament, because he has established his contract with us in the word. And that contract says, if you remember in, in a nutshell, if you will submit to me, if you'll, if you'll have faith and trust me and obey me, do what I tell you to do. I will take care of everything. You will operate in the blessing, right? And and just to hammer it one more time, what's the blessing? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. Man, that's some some good stuff to walk in. Every Every situation you walk in, you can be fruitful in that situation. You can multiply his love, his kingdom, his anointing. You can replenish barren areas of your life and others' lives. You can subdue things. Woo, I need to subdue some things in my life, some mindsets, some attitudes with the word of God. And then you can have dominion. God gives you dominion over your little kingdom, which is your life, right? You can have dominion, 
through his authority, through his power. Right? All right, so here we go. We're going to talk about the established heart real quick. Everyone say established heart. Established heart. I want to show you when you establish your heart on his word, on his covenant, on his contract. He's established that contract. Now we establish our heart on that contract. Why do we need to establish our heart and not our mind? Because your heart is where you believe. The Bible says to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, right? So, so your mind is just for processing. Your heart is for experiencing and, and, and believing and building up of faith. So if you can establish your heart, your mind's going to follow, right? So let, let's see what happens to someone when they establish their heart on his contract, on his covenant. Psalm 112, verses 1 through 8. Everyone still with me? All right, here we go. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Do you realize we only have to, we don't have to fear the devil. You don't have to fear the news. You don't have to fear anything going on. You don't have to fear another human being. You're only required to fear one, and that's God himself. And by that, it's not sheer terror. It's, it's likened to, hey, we all love fire, don't we? Ooh, fire cooks our meals. It warms our houses. But we have to respect fire, Right? Hey, we all love our cars. They're powerful machines. They get us from point A to point B, but we respect them, right? You don't want to be careless with it. Same thing with God. We're talking about the power that created the entire universe. That's a powerful being, a powerful deity. And, and so that's, if, if you're going to have awe and respect, it's, that's, that's who it's for. So blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands, Whose commands? God's commands. So blessed is the man who fears God, has reverence for God, and, and also delights in doing what God says, right? That's, that's a repeated pattern that we keep learning about for this contract. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. Here we're talking about multiplication again, right? So we got fruitfulness because he's blessed. Then we got descendants, that's multiplication, right? And they're gonna be mighty on, on the earth, wouldn't you love your kids to be mighty on the earth? We're talking about establishing your heart. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to take a vow of poverty when we follow Christ. It says when you establish your heart, wealth and riches are going to be in your house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. So man, when you walk, live in the way you're supposed to live, you'll have light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. Wouldn't that be incredible to be so blessed in life? You don't have to borrow, but you are actually the one who lends. That's what it's talking about here. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Man, you're going to have so much wisdom that you're going to be able to guide your affairs with great discretion. You're going to be able to make some smart decisions. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. In other words, hey, you're, you're going to be in the front of God's mind when you do what he tells you to do. He's going to be thinking about you all the time. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. I, love, I highlighted that because in other words, you're not going to freak out when you hear bad news. 
It doesn't matter what cable news tries to tell you. It doesn't matter what the internet tries to tell you. It doesn't matter what the phone call tries to tell you. It doesn't matter what the text message tries to tell you. You're not going to freak out over it. Why? Because your heart is, is, is uh, established. He will not be afraid over evil, of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. In other words, he's saying, hey, I don't care what I hear. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I experience. I trust God and his word above everything else. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. So when you establish your heart on the fact that God's contract is the most solid thing on the planet, that God's word is above everything else. It's above everything you experience, see, feel, hear, that if it doesn't align with the word of God, then you can place your trust in the word of God far and above anything else. When, when, you, when you settle that in your heart, this is how life starts shaping up. You're gonna find that you have plenty. You're gonna find that you're taken care of even in the midst of the fire. I want to give you a real quick example. And uh, she, she's not here. If she was here, I'd make her wave her hand at you. Uh, many of you know uh, Shnajana Reed. Uh, and, and she attends some. She's got two, two kids that are in GCV Youth. Uh, she's Russian. She's the, the uh, little blonde Russian lady who's been, who'll, who'll attend sometimes. Sweetheart of a lady. Uh, been in the neighborhood for nine, ten years uh, her and her husband, uh, Tyrone, were probably some of the first people I met when I moved into the neighborhood nine years ago. Uh, my daughter, Lily, her son, Mark, have been playing with each other, laughing with each other, fighting with each other <laughs> since, they were in, uh, since they were three years old. And they're, they're almost like little cousins. They've, they've just grown up and love each other to death. Um, uh, it was about three years ago in March that uh, Tyrone, her husband, a young couple, but he had uh, hip replacement surgery. And a, f a couple of weeks after the surgery, he's still recovering. He was working from home and a uh, blood clot uh, from the, from the uh, surgical point uh, got into his bloodstream, instant, instant dead. Uh, took place, she's the only, it was her and her kids at home. Uh, it was actually right at the top of COVID. So it was that first week that the world shut down, right? So, which is all of a sudden you've got tragedy happening. You're about to go into months of isolation <laughs> because of COVID, right? Uh, she's Russian. All of her family is in, over in Russia. And here she is. She was, she was full-time homemaker. Uh, Tyrone handled all the business affairs. And uh, it's just her and the kids, you know. Uh, ambulance comes. This is how God prospered her in the midst of one of the most horrific things to ever happen in her life. That's why I'm saying you can be in the fire and you can still prosper. And it has nothing to do with what kind of car you drive, what kind of jewelry you got, any of that. It has nothing to do with, she wasn't sending $1,000 to the biggest, fanciest preacher, you know, to get blessed. She was having to trust God. So what happens is they, you know, a neighbor who lived across the street from her, who was actually supposed to have already moved to Florida, but the move got delayed by a few days, who happened to also be a believer in Christ, <laughs> comes walking along and says, hey, there's an ambulance outside of the Reed's house. Let me see what's happening. So all of a sudden, instantly, God put a fellow sister, believing sister, right there with her. 
Not only that, Albert and Sharon Estes, who live right across the street, many of you know them, incredible godly couple, they ran out, said, you go to the hospital with the ambulance, we'll stay with your kids. So now there's two children of God looking over her children for her. Here she is with the other neighbor, goes to the hospital. They're working on them, working on them, you know, trying to get uh, any type of sign of life going. Uh, in the meantime, I'm all the way in Rockwall, on my way back from Rockwall, from a, a meeting I had, uh, I get a phone call from someone in the neighborhood. Hey, are you aware that Tyrone got rushed to the hospital in an ambulance? No, I'm not. So I immediately, I'm only a couple of miles away. I call, uh, get a hold of the neighbor. Actually, the neighbor answered her phone to tell me what was going on. Okay, I'm heading straight there. So here's, here's a lady who normally would have been alone, yet God instantly flooded her with people all around her. So within minutes, she has a pastor right there, just as the doctor comes in and says, Mrs. Reed, we're sorry, there's nothing we can do. And the Lord allowed me to get there just in time where she would have a shepherd to be there with her. Uh, when she had to go in to see him, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done because he was a good friend of mine too. I have to go in there with her, but she had me there to help. The, uh, uh, she had her neighbor there to help. Uh, when, she, when we had to go tell uh, her children, here we were a cluster of godly people who could sh cover them in prayer. At that point, uh, 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 we, we, we wound up managing, she wound up having so much delivered to her house between food and supplies she had to sit there and say, hey, thank you guys. I can't, I don't have enough room. <laughs> you know, everything's going to go bad. You know, uh, in other words, God supplied her need in abundance. Uh, I had been, uh, Erica will remember this. Uh, she, she and I were talking. And I told her, I said, for about three months, God has been telling me to pray for $10,000, which is really weird because, you know, God normally doesn't have me pray for money. But so I was praying and believing and speaking, Lord, I know you're going to supply $10,000. I don't know what for, I don't know where, but 10,000 for four months, three, four months, I, I spoke $10,000. Uh, I, I had, they, we had begun raising support, some, some finances for Shnijana. We just wanted to have, a, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars just to help cash on hand during all the mayhem, right? Uh, and in two days, I checked the website. $10,000. And the Lord said, I had you praying provision for her long before she even knew what was about to hit her. God had provision. He was already setting the pieces in place to take care of her. Uh, at that point, everything was taken care of for her. Now, did she have to walk through the fire? Yes. Did she have to go through grief and mourning? Yes. Still is. And, and who wouldn't, Right. Uh, this is the love of her life. She's a young lady. And yet God provided so much for her. Uh, not only that, Tyrone's cousin is a pastor's wife, married to a pastor. They stepped in. So now she has two pastors checking in on her for months, making sure she's okay. Any needs. The school stepped out. Everything that she needed for that horrible situation was provided and taken care of. That's prosperity. That's what I'm talking about. When you can trust God and do what he says to do to the best of your ability, he will allow you to flourish and be successful. When you, when you uh, 
and, and that was the wonderful thing about Tyrone is he, he very much was a, was, was a man of God, a believer, a man of faith. And one month before he passed, one month before he passed, he told me, he said, Dave, God just told me to, to, to uh, cash out on some investments and pay my house off. Wow. I said, well, praise God. And so God set everything up for this woman to be cared for. Doesn't mean that his life is easy for. Doesn't mean that she hasn't gone through all the emotional gamut of why and being angry at times. And I mean, we're human. Of course we're going to go. But she'll stop and say, but you know what? God has been so good to me. That's prosperity. It's not just about having a happy life and everything's okay. And you got, you know, you got all this stuff. It's not about the stuff. It's like what Ryan's saying about if I could have anything, just give me you. Because if I have you, I got everything. But she established her heart on his covenant to the best of her understanding. And God, even in that, God honored his covenant, his contract with her. Because she established her heart on an established covenant. Amen? So let's talk about his word. Why do we need to establish it on his words? The book of Psalms says that God has placed his word above his name. That's pretty powerful. What's more powerful than the name of Jesus? The name of Jesus, demons flee. Folks are healed. You know, lives are changed. Peace is spoken. When you say Jesus, you've said it all, Right? And yet he's placed his word even above his name. Because what good is your name if your word's not good? You can have the most popular name on the planet, but if you're the biggest liar in the world, nobody cares about you, right? But he has established his word even above his name. Look, at this is Joshua about to go in and take the promised land. We, we talked about this the last several weeks. So God is about to make good on this contract and covenant that he made with Abraham almost 500 years before this where he told Abraham, your descendants are who's going to get this land. You're going to live and, and die a good old, ripe old age. But your descendants are going to come back out of, out of Egypt and take this land. So the contract is about to be fulfilled. And Joshua is the man to take him across. And look what God said. God could have given him anything. He could have given him military tactics. He could have told him, oh, and by the way, when you get over there, make sure you do X, Y, and Z. He could have, he could have, uh, told them what music to sing when they, you know, when they crossed over. But this is what he tells them to do. Okay. Joshua chapter one, uh, starting with verse five, God says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I love this. Someone here this day, I will not fail you or abandon you. And then he says, and I highlighted this because he repeatedly says this, be strong and courageous be strong and full of courage. How can you do that? When you trust them, you can do that. So let's talk about having faith. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to your ancestors I would give them. So in other words, he, he's referring to his contract, to his covenant. I made a covenant, so be strong and courageous. Trust me, it's my covenant. It's my contract. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful. Here we go. So here we are. We, we, we got to have faith in him. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. So in other words, do the word of God. 
Have faith in me, have faith in my word, but do it. Obey it. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Then you're going to be prosperous. When are you going to be prosperous? When you're strong and courageous or you have faith in me and you do what I tell you to do. That's what he's saying. It's there over and over and over. Then he goes on, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Again, he could have given them any other, any other advice. But this is what he, he, he went back to his word. Stay on my word, Joshua. Stay on my word. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then. Only when? When you've done what he told you to do, right? <laughs> only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Anyone in the mood to do that? To prosper and succeed in everything you do? So, it's about doing his word. And hey, let's face it. Uh, I'll mention money. I'll, I, I've been steering away from it, but I'll mention it real quick. How many in here like money? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. I, I didn't say you love money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But hey, we appreciate it, right? So... <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if I handed everybody $50 a day, y'all going to be smiling. Ooh, church was fun today, right? So look, let's just be real. Well, well, that's included in all you do, right? We work. We got to make money. We got to pay bills. We got to put food on the table. You want to be successful and flourish in that and prosper in that? Do what God has, do what God says to do. That's why when we come back from VBS takeover the following week, we're actually going to talk about some, we're, we're going to talk about money. So, oh man, preachers talking about prosperity and money. Here we go. No, no, I, I'll, I'll put you all at ease and teaching it. I will not be asking you to give one dime to me or one dime more to this church than what God tells you to do. Because, because if I flourish financially, it has nothing to do with manipulating you guys. It has everything to do with me trusting God and doing what he tells me to do. And he is my source. Not how much you guys, you know, I can twist your arm to give or not give or whatever, right? Plus, we don't practice witchcraft here at Gathering Church. And the Bible says manipulation is the same as witchcraft. So we're not going to be doing that. But I do want you guys to be educated on what the Bible has to say about money and what, what the Word of God promises to you about money because I want you all to be blessed. Man, I want you guys to be blessed and prosper. Verse 9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So right there, he placed his word even above his name. And he said, Joshua, when you get in, when you step into my promise, when you step into the kingdom I am giving you, if there's one thing you, you need to remember, that's to trust me and do what my word says to do. Man. That's it right there. That is kingdom prosperity. So establish your heart on the word, on his, on his contract. And then finally, and I promise, can I read you three more, three more quick scriptures? Is that y'all good? Establish your word on his wisdom. Establish your word on his wisdom. 
Bible says, above all else, get wisdom and understanding. You want to know, you want to know what the currency of the kingdom is? It's wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is far more valuable than anything you can find on this planet. It's far more valuable than the biggest check account on this planet. Because you can't buy wisdom, can you? But with wisdom, it can teach you how to make money. Wisdom can teach you how to love your neighbor, even the neighbor you want to strangle. Or is that just me? I'm sorry. Oh, I just confessed that. I'm sorry. I know you guys are much more spiritual than me. <laughs> it, it will teach you, wisdom will teach you how to treat your wife right so that your prayers are answered. The Bible says that. So you better treat your wife right so that your prayers aren't hindered. So if you're like, man, I've been praying for weeks. God's not listening to me. Well, how are you treating your wife? That's a good question to ask. Wisdom will teach you how to, how to build up and honor your husband. Wisdom will teach you how to pursue God like you never have before. Wisdom, man, that's the currency of the kingdom, right? So here, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds, for wisdom's proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain and fine gold. Right there saying it. Look, man, it's better than any money you can have. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. Think about that. In wisdom, money can't buy you extra days, but wisdom says in her right hand is length of days, and then in her left hand, riches and honor. <laughs> money, property, possessions, they can't do any of that. But boy, with wisdom, you can, you can lengthen your life <laughs> and have wealth, tangible wealth. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty valuable to me. Uh, Colossians chapter, uh, chapter 1, starting with verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard about this is Paul writing uh, to, to this church. Since the day we heard about it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with a ton of money or filled with a ton of whatever, right? No, it says filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. In other words, that you may obey his word, do what pleases him, right? Because if you do that, then you'll be fruitful in every good work. There it is again. You'll be fruitful or prosperous in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Why do you want to increase in the knowledge of God? Because that's more eternal life that you get to experience right here. This is eternal life to know God and his son whom he sent. That's eternal life. So the more that, the more that you know of him, the more life you experience. Finally, James chapter 1 Verse 5, and we'll all stand for this one. I'll make you feel better. I'll get you standing. If any of you lacks wisdom, here's the key. Say, well, I need wisdom. Trust me, you need wisdom far more than you need a paycheck. But if you lack it, here's the cool thing. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. And it will be given to him. So God's got wisdom. All you got to do is ask for it. Verse 6, but let him, let him ask in faith with no doubting. 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So when you ask him, believe that he's going to give it to you. Trust him on it. It goes back to faith, right?